welcome to the podcast. We're so happy that you could join us while we dance our way out of the intro. Yep. It's a banger. It is a banger. And uh, speaking of bangers... No, thank you. We're recording the podcast. My name is Jeremy. I'm the wildly inappropriate Haley. Always inappropriate, uh, but that's why we love you. Um, this is episode four of Blah Trek, and we're reviewing Ooh, Neil. episode four, where no man has... Am I supposed to say it at the same time you're well, staring at me? Well, we're doing that each time. Let's do Have it. we? Okay. Let's go three, two, one. Where, where no, no man, man has gone, gone before. before. Nice. A place of respect for women. Well, we still haven't gone there yet, but uh, it's, you know, it's it's what it is. And um, we'll get into it. Now, <clears throat> the dance hit of the summer um, that I dropped last episode, um, uh, Slap the Floor. And Slap the Floor. Obviously, I, you know, I don't know if I can top that, but I do feel the need to keep up. So I have come up with another song, if you're interested. Um, would you like to hear another song that I've... I would love to hear your tasty tunes. So um, I, I did play it for our daughter. So uh, do you want to hear her review before um, before we play it? Bless. All right, here we go. It was very good, and I really like it. And it's called A Rather Handsome Lizard. He turns a fellow stroppy lass into a rather handsome lizard. Toddler was able to operate and use the remaining supplies of a transporter ship and then conveniently also forage safely on an alien planet for the last 14 years. This guy. <laughs> That's quite go. good. That's okay, quite good. good. But I like obviously was well aware that baby's voice was friggin' adorable. Yeah. But having heard it like that is just yeah, she's uh, she's a cutie. So um, anyway, that's the the next uh, the next big hit. Cool. So should we segue into plot synopsis? Drop it. They receive a distress call from the SS Valiant, which is nearly 200 years old, and go to investigate. And that's when hell breaks loose. Spock's eyebrows are crazier than usual. Mm-hmm. We find out that much to his dismay, he's part human. We see Scotty for the first time. Kirk can't remember a female crew member's name, despite the fact that she works three feet from him. Because who has the time? Sexism doth abundant. Surprise, surprise. Flashing trigger warning, purple haze, ESP power picked up from during zappy zappy times, sensor, deflector, monitor, tapered tip, a god needs to have compassion, classic Kirk karate and tumbles, plus murder and mass craft supplies, resulting in a sweaty, dirt and red paint covered Kirk with a ripped shirt, that's quite rammy, and a glimmer of hope that Spock can display empathy, though no hope that anyone will ever show respect to women. Not even themselves. 
The end. Yeah. <laughs> this is um, this was the second pilot. So obviously we've already covered they they recorded a pilot that was shelved and never aired. This That's was tautology, right? You can't this, have a second pilot. No. So what happened was, um, without being too nerdy, uh, Gene Roddenberry was trying to get producers on board and, and get networks to air or you know to to buy into his show for for years. No one wanted it, and. Um, he, he took it to all the networks. He ended up taking it to um, uh, Desilu Productions, which was Lucille Ball's production company. She bought it and they produced it and they sold it to NBC to air. So NBC rejected the pilot once it was produced. Fools. But there was a weird clause that Desilu had included was they got another shot at it, which was very rare. And so they produced this pilot instead. NBC asked for a couple of cuts and they made that happen and that was what was accepted. Okay. And so this was the – it was actually aired, I think it's the third episode – but it was, yeah, it was basically on the back of this it, that they gave the, the show its to first To be fair, season. this is probably a better pilot than the other pilot. Yes, NBC's issues were the first pilot was too cerebral, not enough action. And yeah. I think they had the same notes for this. That's why it ends in a fist fight, basically, mm. <laughs> because they wanted something, you know, cut to the action. Um, but this episode is basically very similar to that last one we reviewed, Charlie X, in that there's... Uh, a random crazy uh, telepath who has sort of godlike powers. Yeah, um, so in, in the lore of Star Trek, um, extrasensory perception is a, is a fact. Um, some, they're, they're called espers, basically. They have a, an esper rating, and some people have higher esper ratings than others. Um, but during the Purple Haze Zappy exchange... Yeah, the Enterprise enters this force field in space, uh, like field of, of energy, which zaps a couple of crew members. It, it turns out it's targeted mm. to the people with a higher Esper rating. That's right. Um, one of them was Kirk's old friend, somebody Mitchell. Mitchell yeah. somebody. I don't know the law of Star Trek enough to see whether this thing, act, like this idea of an Esper rating ever comes up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It probably does because it's such a, you know, large and diffuse sort of, you know, law. But, um, yeah, I think, in, in anyway, this episode, the idea is that these, these particular humans have extra, uh, you know, heightened senses and attracts this energy which causes one of them to basically develop this kind of, yeah, godlike type power where he can read minds. Uh, he can, you know, he, he does the old uh, levitating cup on a, on a string trick from like Bewitched or I Dream of Genie mm. and um, he can... He's got, shoot freaking laser beams. He can shoot lasers out of his hands and he's got um, cool like tinfoil eyeballs. Yeah, that was really hard to look at. So his eyes are quite shiny and mm. one would uh, like assume it's contact lenses, yeah. but it looks really uncomfortable. It does, but apparently, so I did some. This is just Wikipedia, so it's the most superficial research possible. But it's um, though apparently reasonably comfortable to wear. His problem was he couldn't see out of them. They yeah, had a couple okay. of tiny little pinholes for him, and that's why a lot of the time he's sort of looking down his yeah, nose. But it creepy. adds to the effect of him hmm. looking kind of creepy. And yeah, weird. he's very menacing. Yeah, yeah, all it is is just these weird, weird silvery eyeballs. Anyway. He, he ends up, what, giving uh, those similar powers to another lady. See, I thought that's what had happened. That's what I wrote down later. But later she says, yes, it took, it just uh, took a while longer to happen to me. So she point. was shocked Good point. Yep. during the Purple Haze yep. field of shockingness. 
Yeah. So I think his Esper right, like it, it's revealed that his Esper rating is like higher the highest and higher than yeah. hers. Um, so he gets it first and yes. his power increases faster. And then they lean, so that like the last third of the show, it leans very heavily into like the sort of uh, biblical analogy. So it's like Adam and Eve mm. in, a, in, a, in a desert planet, you know, they're gonna, he's yeah, going to create can, a new planet. He can create life, yeah. like he creates Replete trees with, and with fruit trees. Apples and everything, all yeah. the imagery, and then it's all about, mm. it, gives, it gives Kirk an opportunity to try and track him down to stop them. And um, it gives it, you know, he, he gives his moral speech about how gods need a, you know, um, compassion. compassion. You can't just be these sort of malevolent, you know, powerful creatures. And um, it talks about, you know, don't give up on your humanity. That's obviously valuable. Yeah, I and, thought um, um, too much power will corrupt you. That type of jazz. One of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies is quite reminiscent of this episode. Yeah, when your beloved Kurt Russell is. Just basically energy. Yes. Um, and he can create planets and, yeah, but it always corrupts it's a, them. It's, this is a like a, again, I think I said in the Charlie X episode, it feels like a classic Star Trek type story. Uh, this comes up again and again, you mm. know, malevolent, powerful creatures that, that need to learn a lesson in humanity. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it, that's just a general sci-fi trope. So, and it, For sure, because otherwise what's well. the point of humans, right? Yes. Like, and what's the point of sci-fi? You know, it's just to show humans in that sort of you know fantastical environment and and give a moral lesson. So um, yeah, I thought it did okay. It wasn't you know it's not top notch, um, and there's still a lot of Star Trek to develop. The um, um the thing that I saw in this episode, which I don't recall seeing in any other episodes, is uh, what was it? A phaser rifle. Yeah, that was cool. Never seen that before. Yeah, it's like, it comes it's just up. like a phaser, but big. Big phases, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that comes up again. It's not a super common thing, but you do see some away missions with uh, phaser rifle. Delta Vega, we only get a little shot of that. It's basically the, the plan is knock out this guy while he's still not fully powered. Yeah. Take him down to this abandoned mining colony called Delta Vega mm-hmm. and lock him up there while they can repair the damage he's the, the force field uh, has done to... Uh, it's repeating Enterprise. the same like problem of Charlie X, like locking a person with ESP ability in a cell. Yeah. Except he doesn't seem to realize straight away that he could just alter Drop the field yeah, and yeah. get out. Although he does, he does remotely strangle someone with a cord. That was cool. Yeah, that was a cool effect. So he he picks up like mm. just a random power cable that's on the floor, and then an unsuspecting crew member Kelsey. is um yeah is choked to death by this power cable that wraps around his neck. That was a cool. Uh, visual. Um, otherwise, I thought, yes, I mean, we, we get to see Sulu. We get to see Scotty. I think it's the yeah. first time we see Scotty. Yeah, I think we've seen Sulu in his yes. proper context, but in this one he's a medical officer. Yeah, so he hasn't fully taken his job at the helm. Um, and obviously Spock, he's, his eyebrows are whack in this. They're not the proper, like, makeup for Spock. They're a little bit too menacing. Yeah, they're very, very, um, like, sort of V-shaped almost, like, yeah. very pointy. Apparently the, the, one of the notes from NBC was Spock looked somewhat satanic and they hmm. weren't happy with his look. So I don't know if Is they it toned his tipped it down ears? a bit. I don't... His tipped ears, yeah. yeah. And I think his sharp eyebrows, they, they tone it down, but he's still obviously he's supposed to be otherworldly. He's, he's an yeah. alien, you know. I guess I was going to just say that at the end she is redeemed because although, you know, she and, and uh, the, the guy Gary are both um, these sort of super beings 
he wants to kill Kirk because he, he's all, you know, corrupted and consumed by power, but she doesn't want him to do that. She asks him to stop and then she fights against him. Yeah, I have allowing a, Kirk to, um, to overcome Gary. Right about that. He wants an act of worship and is trying to get Kirk yeah, to pray to him. that's right. And so it's a battle between the espers of lightning bolts, but Elizabeth being a female and virtuous wants to help, um, which is just nonsense. In itself, he could have been the better one, but it's a creative choice, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's just, I mean, the idea of the whole episode is to show is what happens when someone who's, you know, perhaps weak is given, you know, limitless power. And are they going to use that for good or are they going to go? I think Kirk Kirk says the old line of um, absolute power. Corrupting, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So that's that's literally the the message of the show. And I guess she's given, you know, the similar power, but she chooses to, at the the last minute, you know, um, defend, you know, in a sense. As a person with a medical mind, her hope is that just because someone mutates Mm. doesn't mean that they'll be... Mutating badly. She says yeah. mutated man could be a superior That's one. What, I took that exact same note, yeah. So she's obviously excited by the possibility of this, you Whereas, know, adaptation. As usual, mm. Kirk and Spock are distrusting and assume. Well, particularly Spock because he's that, unemotional. Um, but Kirk, yeah. you know, he, he's conflicted because this guy, Gary, was his friend. Yeah. But as he sees how, how more and more he's... Um, yeah, sort of corrupted. He, he... It, it's actually, like, pretty similar to Charlie X so Very. far as plot points go. Yeah, like, you yeah. could, yeah, w- not watch one and watch the other. And, yeah. yeah. All right. No, it's good. It's, it's, again, it's a good episode. It's not top tier for me, but it was fine. Mm. And, um, again, these early episodes feel a bit clumsy knowing, you know, how much more refined it becomes once you know what the crew members are like, what their personalities are like. You, you have these less aberrations about, you know, people saying things out of character and stuff. It's, it's a lot cleaner and, and yeah, a tighter fleshed show. Out. Fleshed out show. That's a good way to put it. All right, do you want to hear the song again? Absolutely, I do. He turns a fellow stroppy lass into a rather handsome lizard. Toddler was able to operate and use the remaining supplies of a transporter ship and then conveniently also forage safely on an alien planet for the last 14 years. This guy. That guy. I could have sworn you were going to call me a handsome lizard. (laughs) All right. You wish. See you later. Peace. We just realised we haven't signed off using our uh, traditional sign-off method, so please take it away, Haley. Live, lube, and prospect. Mate. This podcast was produced by Jeremy and Haley Mills. Podcast theme music was written by Jeremy Mills and references the instrumental theme from Star Trek written by Alexander Courage. If you enjoyed this podcast, please stay tuned. We'll have more episodes up soon.